everyone. Thanks for listening to On The Podcast, a short episode format to give you something to do while you do your business on the pot. Or maybe you've decided you're not a drip coffee person anymore and you've now taken up the French press. So while you're sitting there with your kettle on the stove waiting to boil, you're like, why the hell did I fill that with cold water? What was I thinking? It takes forever. Watch pot never boils. You've got some time to kill. Turn on an episode of On the Podcast and learn some things while you wait to wake up. I'm Katie. I'm Liz. Thanks for joining us. Hey, Liz. Hey, Katie. What are we talking about today? Good question, Katie. We are talking about a man, no myth, possibly a legend, who is very complicated in a good way. In a bad way? (laughs) In lots of ways. In lots of ways. He contributed a lot to uh, American history, to technology, and to... A very spooky location. <laughs> but today's episode is not about the spookiness. But the it, next one will be. It's enough. It's a double feature. To double feature. <laughs> but you have to wait a week in between episodes, so yeah. deal with that. We are talking about Freeland Oscar Stanley, or F.O. Stanley. Great news, Katie. Good old F.O. Stanley. I don't know if this is great news, but he was born on June 1st, 1849, quite some time ago, with a twin brother, Francis Edgar Stanley. Mm. F.E. Stanley. Mm. The twins were born in Kingsfield, Maine, to five other siblings. However, they were the only ones who made it into adulthood, and they were the only ones that mattered anyway. Spooky. <laughs> <laughs> Not that spooky, just a lot of people died a lot in the 1800s. Yeah. Well, at the ripe age of nine, they started their very first business of refining and selling maple sugar. So by the age of 11, their great uncle, Liberty Stanley, actually taught F.O. how to make a uh, violin. And by the age 16, Freeland had completed three instruments. And to this day, those violins are highly valued. There's not a lot of them left in circulation. If you ever come across an original F.O. Stanley violin, hide it away, go on to Antiques Roadshow, (laughs) make your millions and retire. Stanley ended up going to college somewhere in Maine. Not important. We don't care. Just know he went to college. And after graduation, he opened up the Stanley Practical Drying Set Factory, which I don't know what that is, but I assume it was a factory that made practical drying sets. (laughs) I think that's a safe bet. Thank you. I like to bet safely. (laughs) That factory actually ended up burning down within a year. And at that time, Francis Edgar, he was getting interested in photography. And so he, once the factory burned down, Francis approached Freeland and asked that he join him in this photography venture where the technology of the day was using wet plates, 
you would take a picture and the image would somehow develop essentially inside the camera onto this wet plate. Mm -hmm. The dry plate technology had first been invented by an English physicist in 1871. And it was very primitive uh, where Francis Edgar took that technology and uh, I believe tweaked it and made it better and ended up creating the dry plate company Mm. between him and F.O. Stanley. And it ended up surpassing the wet plate uh, technology made them a fortune. It was much quicker to process things. And so from there, they, they came into a boatload of money, as they say, mm. uh, through hard work and determination and, and ingenious and inventiveness. Good for them. Good for them. The American dream. The American dream. <laughs> well, somewhere along the way, <laughs> Francis was already married at this point, and F.O. Uh, married a lady named Flora, who uh, was part of the high society, as they say, because at this point now the, the Stanley brothers had money, they were important. They were in. Uh, they were in the scene. His wife ended up going out on a bike. She crashed. She was like, "I'm never. I'm never going. I'm never riding on this ever again." And he goes, "You know what, Bib? 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 You know what, Bib? Mm. I'll get you back on a bike as long as I make sure that I'm riding with you so that it's safe." So Francis started looking into building an automobile. And after he considered uh, electrical technology, combustion technology, he determined that steam technology was the most practical. And so he created a steam com- steam-powered combustion engine to uh, power this car. So anyway, their technology was doing so well that John Brisbane Walker, who I guess was the editor of Cosmo at the time, wanted to purchase the business. And the, the, the brothers were reluctant to sell it. So they were like, let's give him a ludicrous offer that he'll never take. So they said, we'll sell it to you for $250,000. And Walker accepted that. He said, absolutely. He had a business partner, uh, Omzi Barber, uh, who helped finance the deal and take on this technology. Uh, in less than a year, that partnership dissolved. And so they, op- they ended up opening up two separate automobile companies. Also around this time, they were approached by George Eastman of the Kodak company, Kodak Film that we all know and know today. And uh, Stanley decided to sell the dry, the dry plate technology to uh, Eastman Kodak. And um, that, you know, that changed photograph <laughs> technology. Crazy, right? Yeah. yeah. So crazy. In 1903, our friend Freeland Oscar was diagnosed with Consumption. Consumption. Also known as tuberculosis. It's a disease of the lungs. So many people, so many people died from it back in the day. When he was diagnosed with tuberculosis, his doctor recommended that he go to drier air. So at the time, many people who were being diagnosed with tuberculosis were headed to drier climates like Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico. It's like so crazy to think about tuberculosis tourism. Freeland and his wife, Flora, moved to Denver uh, where they stayed for a little bit of time and they saw a doctor who was actually from Switzerland uh, and recommended that he uh, visit Estes Park, which had a climate similar to where he was from. And so Freeland and Flora were like, all right, let's go. They go um, in the they go in the summertime 
Flora gets sent by rail and Freeland's like, I'll see you there, babe. I'm taking the steam engine. (laughs) 30 years later, he arrives. (laughs) He actually did get lost and spent the night in Boulder, but did make it the next day. And by the end of the summer, Freeland's health had improved so much that they were like, we got to keep coming back here. It's beautiful every summer. This is amazing. So the next summer in 1904, they ended up building a house up in Estes Park um, that was pretty extravagant. So after a few more years in, or a few more summers in Estes, Flora and, and Freeland were falling more and more in love with the place. So they decided that they were going to open up a hotel. So in 1907, Freeland and Flora commissioned the Stanley Hotel to be built. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> now, the Stanley Hotel is a marvel in its own. It was powered through a hydro plant, a.k.a. water technology. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the water uh, the water from, from Fall River ended up bringing electricity to their electrical kitchen, the steam laundry. There was a hydraulic elevator. They had telephones. Uh, the hotel itself had 48 rooms, and guests could golf, uh, bowl. They would ride horses. There was a ballroom where Flora would play piano, a bar. No, there probably wasn't a bar because Freeland didn't drink. <laughs> a billiards room, I think. Yeah, there was mm. lots to do and things to be had. And looking at animals and looking at animals so freeland ended up getting a road paved through lions and he actually created a steam car that could carry 12 passengers which essentially was a bus so this steam car bus would cart visitors in to the hotel which is wild F.O. Stanley was also the president of the protective and improvement association which Uh, led to the creation of Rocky Mountain National Park. Rocky Mountain National Park is the 10th national park in U.S. history and Mm -hmm. actually the fourth most visited in the country. And first in my heart. (laughs) (laughs) Well, here's a crazy thing, Katie. So when you think of Rocky Mountain National Park, what do you think of? Liz, I think of elk. Yeah, elk. So this is wild. Elk Elk had initially lived in the area, but were pushed out by predators. And so Stanley, along with some other folks, worked to reintroduce them to Estes. Mm -hmm. So they ended up bringing elk from Yellowstone into back into Estes, where they are thriving today. (laughs) And I was told, but have not confirmed, which is a total bummer because I love the thought of this. But I was told that he actually brought the elk in to the park through with his steam car. Which, so when I was a kid, there was always kind of like this running joke in my family that like when you would visit Rocky Mountain National Park and on the Grand Lake side and you'd see a moose, you'd be like, oh, the rangers brought that moose in just for us. <laughs> but it actually Not wrong. happened. Not totally off. <laughs> 
<laughs> so that so the Stanley Hotel is still uh, in operation today. It's absolutely amazing. Katie, you will get into it in the next episode about all the all the rest of it. I mean, it's incredible. So that is the story of our pal, the sh- the maple sugar <laughs> maple violin sugar. Ma- maple sugar refiner violin making dry plate technology producing steam engine car creating tuberculosis hotel magnet magnet <laughs> fo stanley so liz yeah what's that inside my body it's a little bit of knowledge and there's gonna be a little bit more knowledge oh can your body handle it <laughs> stay tuned for part two please